Welcome to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Curtis Birch, host and producer on News Radio 630 WLAP, the home of the Cats right here in Lexington. And I'm Kyle Tucker of The Athletic, and together, Curtis and I are here every day, Monday through Friday, talking the Cats. If it's a big deal to the Big Blue Nation, you can hear it right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. We are recording the first part of this podcast in Rupp Arena here on Saturday evening as Kentucky just defeated UNCG. That's what they like to be called according to their game notes. Uh, easy win, Kyle. I tried to tell you that it was going to be a blowout this whole time. And uh, <laughs> no, but yeah. seriously, it was a great game. Uh, really impressive. I think we'll probably start out talking about the guy who's going to get a ton of the headlines, Ashton Higgins. And it's a guy who didn't have a ton of point points but had a ton of impact yeah he finished with five points three assists three steals two rebounds and a block in 28 minutes off the bench uh but that does not tell the story at all um first of all uncg is a very good team we talked about this going into it 25 wins two years ago 27 wins last year one at nc state uh took actually was in boise with us Mm -hmm. last year Took Gonzaga to the to the wire, lost by four in the NCAA tournament to Gonzaga. Uh, scored ninety one points at LSU earlier this year, and there they were up forty to thirty seven at halftime on Kentucky, uh, and that was largely and almost completely about Francis Alonzo for UNCG, their leading scorer. Uh, he had nineteen. He averaged nineteen a game coming in. He had nineteen at halftime in this game. Hit five threes. Um, very, very good player that they could not contain. Cal Perry decided to sick his defensive stopper on him and has talked about trying to use him that way, deploying him for specific shutdown assignments, and they did that. And Ashton Hagens totally suffocated the guy in the second half. He had three points after halftime. Um, it was a very impressive defensive performance, totally changed the tone of the game, the energy of the game, and, and then his one big offensive play – was a, you know, zoom, zoom. He's one of the fastest guys on the team, probably the fastest guy on the team. Just blow-by drive to the bucket with contact. He gets knocked to the ground, makes the layup, and gets fouled, makes the free throw, three-point play. That and a couple of back-to-back mega dunks by Keldon Johnson really kind of sent the building into a frenzy. This was by far the best crowd and environment of the season so far at Rupp Arena. They were loudly booing the officials, which were not – there were some bad calls in this game. Yeah. But then thunderously cheering the kind of the last ten minutes of the game when Kentucky just stomped on the gas, sparked a lot by Ashton Hagen's defense, um, and pulled away. In the second half, they outscored UNCG by 20, 41-21 yeah. in the second half to win by 17. This is a team that's – They actually know, finished the game on – it was a 10-0 run. Yeah. Kentucky I mean, this, this, was, this is a good opponent – and a great finish for Kentucky. I think there's a lot to feel good about. But high on that list is, is Ashton Hagens. Cal Perry talked about it after the game. I said, was this his kind of coming out party? And he said, I would say so. Um, and he said he told the team afterward, okay, if a team gets – somebody gets going, who are we going to – what are we going to do? We're going to put Ashton on him. Yeah. And he said – you know, the second half, it was, we're either going to let this kid get 60 on us or we're going to put Ashton on him. <laughs> um, and they did that, and he did the thing that I have been talking about since I saw him in high school. Like, I've been high on this dude for months, and after what we saw, people maybe forget. 
in the Bahamas, there were guys that didn't want to get the ball anymore after a like, half of was, being defended by him. It was like, don't give it to me. I don't want to be <laughs> harassed by this guy anymore. It was like a hot potato. That, they just that, wanted yeah. to get rid of him. That's what he was supposed to be. And again, he's a reclassified freshman, so he would still be in high school right now. Mm-hmm. It's going to take him some time. But tonight, to me, was a huge, huge deal for Ashton Higgins and for Kentucky to know that they can do that with that kid. Yeah, and I should have mentioned at the top, uh, we're recording the first half here, and then we're going to talk about the bowl game after they're selected. So the second half, this will be at another location. So you're getting like a... Maybe at a baby shower. Possibly. (laughs) We're going to work that out in a bit. Um, So stay tuned for that. And this edition of the show is also brought to you by uh, La Rosa's Pizza. I'll tell you about them in a bit. But I did want to also mention, normally, you know, when we do this, we kick off a podcast, we look to the guy, and basically you lead off by saying, this leading scorer was unbelievable tonight. And, you know, we, we went through the whole praising of Ashton Haggins, and he deserved it all. But Reed Travis, without him in the first half, that one might have got – it might have got away from Kentucky. He well, was, he's the only reason it was close. I mean, he had a – I don't remember what his halftime line was, but he was near a double-double in the first half. Finished with 22-12. and 12. To my shock and surprise, this was his first double-double at Kentucky. Really? I thought that had to be wrong. But, but he, he'd had nine rebounds, and he'd had 20-plus points in games. This is his first actual double-double. At Kentucky. He had a bunch of them at Stanford. Another guy got one. Keldon Johnson had 13 and 11. I, I mentioned he had a couple of huge dunks in a row that sort of um, sparked the pull away for Kentucky. Also significant about Keldon Johnson, I thought the dude broke his ankle or something in the first half. He went down. He landed awkwardly after a made shot for UNCG. Was just writhing on the floor, grabbing at his ankle. Had to be helped off. Had his face buried in his jersey like he was like in tears. Mm-hmm. Leaves the arena. Five minutes later, he's back on the bench. Early in the second, and then he starts the second half. Yeah, um, and and you'll hear. You know, you'll probably, obviously, if you're a Kentucky fan, you're listening to this. You've probably have already seen on social media the whole shoe shoe talk that is going to come after this. We're recording right after post game. Tyler Hero let it slip. That they both, I guess, bought new put on shoes. new sneakers and hadn't worn them, practiced in them, hadn't worn them at all. I mean, that is ill-advised. If I could give anybody a piece of advice, uh, uh, an old man, adult piece of advice, it <laughs> that is would be the one thing you. Would I mean, that's a big one. Break your shoes in before you wear them out at a big event. Like you don't buy a brand new pair of dress shoes and wear them to a wedding. You're gonna end up with no skin on the back of your feet. Especially Jeff, when you dance as hard as you do. Exactly, Jeff Greer who worked with me at the Courier-Journal. This is a good story. He worked with me at the Courier-Journal when he early in his time there. It was when uh, 2014, I guess, when that's when they played Louisville in the Sweet 16, right? Yes, Yeah, that Kentucky. sounds right. So Greer covered Louisville. He still does now. He works for The Athletic with me um, covering Louisville. I show up to the arena, and Greer is just in horrible pain. And he said, man, I made a really big rookie mistake. I said, what happened? He said, I I wore brand new shoes, brand new dress shoes, like real fancy dress shoes. I said, what's the problem? He said, well, you know, the media parking was like a mile and a half. It was so far. It was such a long walk. I think it was in Indianapolis. He said, I think I've shaved the back of my heels off. Oh, yeah, that is the worst. And he pulls his shoe off. We're sitting at the press table. He pulls his shoe off, and the inside of his dress shoe is just soaked in blood. Mm-hmm. And then he pulls his sock off, and it looks like a horror movie. Ugh. And I had to go like run to the. It? I had to run to the bathroom and get him like a big roll of tissue paper to stuff in the backs of his shoes so he wouldn't bleed out at the Sweet Sixteen. So, kids, if you get a new pair of shoes, you got to break them in 
you gotta you gotta kick them around. You gotta mush them in. You gotta give them some short test runs, soften them up. You don't just wear them out to the big event right out of the box, or you're gonna get you're you're gonna hurt yourself. Keldon Johnson pulled his Nikes out of the orange box, and then he hurt himself. And according to Tyler Hero, he just said he he said he, Keldon said he changed shoes and he was good to go. Which is ridiculous because he, uh, yes, he did yes. roll his ankle. He said yeah, he rolled well, his ankle. We will um, uh, tell you what. We're going to take a quick break. I'll tell you about La Rosa's. And then after that, uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about Reed Travis. And then I'll share what Keldon Johnson said to, to me after the game about that injury. All right. It's time to take a little break and tell you more about La Rosa's. I've been telling you guys for a few weeks now that La Rosa's is just like Skyline. It's a Cincinnati thing, but soon it will be coming to Lexington right across from that skyline, in February of 2019. And we're getting closer there every day. LaRoses was started by Buddy LaRoses when he convinced a few of his friends to throw in a couple hundred bucks each to open their first pizzeria in 1954. What made this pizzeria different was the recipes. Buddy used his family's recipes, his Aunt Deanie's pizza sauce, his Grandma Mary's pasta sauce, and others that came over from Sicily with his family. And you know what? They're still using those same ones 65 years later. The good thing about La Rosa's Pizza is that it is different because they have a menu that just goes on forever. Over 40 selections and each can be ordered for pickup, delivery, or you can eat it in their fantastic dining room. I love to meet my family up in the Dry Ridge location when I'm visiting them. Get ready, Lexington. La Rosa's is coming in February. And until then, check out the closest La Rosa's to you. This is Locked On Kentucky, your team every day. So I did, I got you, you asked the question, Kyle, what Reed Travis had at halftime. He had 10 points and six rebounds and 18 minutes. So that was, I mean. So then he goes for 12 and six in the second half. So he, yeah. even, he did even better in the second half. Yeah, without question. Um, and then the, the thing with Kelton Johnson that said, and Calipari mentioned it, that, that was he had already rolled his ankle kind of severely in high school. And Kelton said the same thing when he, when he rolled it. It was almost, and this is kind of cliche. Like a fear reaction. Yeah, he said it was the 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 pain. Obviously, said obviously it hurt, but I was more worried because it was the same ankle that I hurt before, uh, than you know necessarily that I was I was injured, and that's why he was probably able to able to come back. And I mean, we've all been in those situations. You get really freaked out when something happens. Well, t- the last game, Tyler Hero, or or two games ago, Tyler Hero thought he'd torn his meniscus. Yeah. And looked like like that was a bad injury too, and he he had that same kind of panicked reaction. He's grabbing at his knee because he'd torn his meniscus before in that knee. Turned out it was nothing, and he was fine. Speaking of, he had 18 points and five rebounds today. Uh, and I did want to made make a couple this, of threes. Well, that was the and the first three was something that I found interesting, and it's it's something that everybody always says. We always want him to shoot. You know, even if he's missed, he'd missed. I think his first three over four over four. And they were in a situation where Calipari called out a timeout. They only had four seconds left on the shot clock, and they ran a great play for him to get an open look. He knocks it down, and I think that was the first time it went over double digits for Kentucky, and it was done yep. at that point. Blob. It was a blob play, baseline out of bounds. They threw it in, It was, and it was exactly the stuff that they've been working on with him. Like in high school, he always had the ball, and he's had a hard time learning to catch and shoot. This was a pure catch and shoot. Mm-hmm. Throwing it to him from out of bounds on the right wing, Got him a good look, and and he and he made a good play to get open. It wasn't he was just standing there. He was started out in the paint, got a screen, made a move, 
cut back and, and raced out to the three-point line, turned, caught it, rose, fired, boom. So he's over four. He makes that one. Then at the end of the game, he hits another one. He hits his last two threes to end the game and ends up with 18 points. Uh, I thought he uh, played really well, 6 of 12 from the field. Um, so, you know, those those guys, Keldon, Tra- Reed Travis, and uh, and Tyler Hero pretty much carried them offensively. In fact, what is it, uh, 31 – 53 points so i mean they almost they almost matched uncg just by themselves 53 to, to 61 um and then when you had ashton hagens play this unbelievable defensive game the other to me the other subplots of this game nick richards played one minute and he didn't get in until Second 12 half. minutes to go in the game and there and was, it was a brief moment he blocked a shot then he committed an offensive foul there's a timeout, never came back in. And Cal has, has reiterated tonight, he's going to play three big guys right now, not four, and he's the odd man out. And he said, we'll practice this week, and if he passes up one of those other, excuse me, one of those other three, he'll play. If not, he won't play. They're done sort of giving him confidence-boosting handouts, yeah, which Kenny, is what it was. I mean, they started him every game last year when he was clearly not a starter, start-worthy guy because it was maybe we can flip a switch with him if he gets going early. They start. They stuck with him a lot this year when he was not performing, because it's we want to. We don't want to damage his confidence. But at some point, it's a performance based thing, and he's not performing. EJ Montgomery plays 15 minutes and gets eight points, five rebounds, and a block shot. They've got a ride with him right now, along with you know EJ and thing, uh, the, PJ and Reed. I will say this about EJ: he did fade in the second half pretty bad he didn't I don't think he registered any significant stats in the second half Calipari mentioned that in his post-game comments that he needs to kind of keep up the stamina but um well real quick with Nick Richards Kenny Payne talked to us before the game and he stepped in for John Calipari who I guess his excused absence for his press conference was that it was his wife's birthday yeah that's a good good reason um but he he basically said to your point that they're not going to hand it hand him stuff and that is They've tried it all. Is basically yeah. what Kenny Payne said, and now it's all on him. Yeah, he said, "I asked him, can you can you shoot right left righty lefty hook? Can yes. you you know can you shoot jump shots? Can you yes. block shots? Can you all the skill things? Can yes. you do this? Yeah. Well, those are things I taught you, right? Is Kenny Payne's point? I've done my job, and the rest is on you. I, and that's I, that's, good, that's where they are now with yeah. him. We've given you every opportunity. You can't say we didn't teach you these things because you just said you can do them all. You can't say we haven't given you opportunities to show right out of the gate what you can do. We started you 38 games last year yeah. when you were not a starter in performance. You know, you got all these chances in the Bahamas. You did well, and then you come. We get all these chances in a regular season, and you and, and he had a you know well, he was, had a great was, Bahamas. It was, trip. Well, it was he similar. had an 18 point rebound game in the regular season. Yeah, that's it was kind of similar to last year. He had the one really good game against an. A, a non-quality Inferior opponent Yeah And this year He had another one of those And it hasn't Hasn't been consistent um, So yeah I mean, we, One thing we should Mention Mention also it Is P.J. Washington Had another Pretty subpar game For him He did some good things He ended up finishing With nine points And eight rebounds He had uh, One really impressive move uh, Offensively He had a couple Big rebounds But You know He had three great games In a row And now he's on Two pretty blah games by his standards and cal has said he was asked you know do you agree with kenny payne's assessment kenny payne was very frank before Mm -hmm. the game he said i put it on one guy 
when when we lose, when we don't have good energy, I put it on one guy, and that's PJ. And he said, you know, he needs to max out. He thinks he can. He knows he can get by at eighty five percent, but he needs to be at a hundred all the time. And Cal said today, I said to him, "You got to play, kid." And uh, he said, "Here, we're not going to lie to you. We're going to tell you the truth. We're not going to sugarcoat it." And he, he, I thought it was really interesting. He said somebody he knows in the profession was talking to him about another really good player. I assume somewhere else, some other school. And he said the difference between him and PJ is this kid plays like his life depends on it, and PJ doesn't. And that was kind of Payne's point yesterday, pregame, is if he goes all out, I mean, he's the best, one of the best players in America, and yeah. he's just not doing that all the time. And so that is something to keep an eye on, him and Nick Richards. Can I, let me make a devil's advocate point real quick. Uh, you know, UNC's G's, one of their – I guess if you're categorizing, their second best player was, was James Dickey, a defensive guy that was really – I think he won their conference's defensive player of the year last year. And basically, he guarded P.J. the whole game. So it wasn't that he was going against – when you look at the stat line against UNCG, as we had joked before they played this game, it's not a – you, you don't think of them as a quality opponent, even though they are. And when you, when you look at that, it's P.J. Washington should be able to dominate against this team, but he was going up against another quality big. I'm not necessarily excusing a subpar well, performance but for a, him. But a, but a first-round NBA draft no, pick no, and I a guy agree. who wants to be but a lottery pick plays well even against that guy. I'm saying there Because guess what? The guys in the NBA are way better than James Dickey. That's just a fact. I, I mean, now that, I'm I'm going to root for James Dickey yeah. career all the yeah. way through. No, he he. I, I hear what you're saying, but like PJ, I'm just, I'm just saying PJ there's does, another there's other reason. That, that but it's it, clear mm-hmm. that the coaching staff is unhappy with him. Yes, it's I not. Agree. It's you know they're not making any excuses. They they see an they see an effort issue because it's now been publicly addressed multiple times, which you don't hear very often. So keep an eye on that. But but I, what I would say to be more of a positive. You know, Poly. message here, Pollyanna. Uh, I mean, they won by 17 against a really good team, getting one minute from Nick Richards, and you know, pretty average performance from PJ Washington, and, and nothing from Quade Green. And what they get from Quickly? That quick, quickly. I mean, Quickly had one point. Yeah, Quade Green had two points. Yeah, Nick Richards had zero points. That's three of their five star guys who had three points between them, and then a pretty average game. From P.J. Washington, and they rolled in the second half. Yep. They outscored this team by 20 in the second half. And defensively, to give up 21 points and a half against a team that scored 91 at LSU and has scored 100 twice this season, this was also, you know, second half, not first, but second half, the best defensive performance they've had of the year. Yep. All right, uh, coming up next, we will be magically transported into another land, and we'll be breaking down Kentucky football's bowl game. It's time once again to tell you about Sling TV. You don't want to watch the game. You need to watch the game. Not going to lie, as we were waiting for John Calipari to take the podium after Kentucky's win over UNCG, I had my computer open and I had my Sling TV rolling and I was watching a little Oklahoma versus Texas. Are you sick of paying for 20 channels you never watch just so you can see your team? Sling TV is the best way to watch college football, college basketball, NBA, and all kinds of sports. 30 bucks a month gets you ESPN Network, Pac-12 Network, SEC Network, and more. Stream on your big screen and all your favorite devices. Sling TV gives you the live TV you love, only better. No useless channels, no long-term contracts, no hidden fees. You can upgrade and downgrade your package. 
And most importantly, you can cancel at any time. Right now, Locked On listeners can get a seven-day free trial by going to sling.com slash locked on. That's sling.com slash locked on. You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. Last segment here. Wanted to just get you guys up to date on all the details. Kentucky will be playing in the Citrus Bowl like everyone anticipated against Penn State on January 1st. So it will be in Orlando. Kickoff will be at 1 p.m. The game can be seen on ABC and can be hear, heard on the radio on the UK Sports Network and locally in Lexington on WLAP. We will have a ton more breaking this down. But the two things I did want to do today is... One, let you know what bowl Kentucky got. And then two, share some of Mark Stoops' conference uh, comments that he had earlier um, when he was on the Citrus Bowl teleconference. The first one we're going to share is him uh, talking about how this this season, the bowl game is more than just an exhibition. It would be extremely important to us. Um, I'm so proud of our football team and uh, how far they've come, and we have a great senior group uh, that have helped us build to get to this point for years. And uh, they've been outstanding players and great leaders. And, um, you know, the 10th win, it is important. Uh, it hasn't been done here since 1977. And uh, this this group already has an impressive uh, legacy for the things that they've done, and they want to continue to build on that. And, uh and set the tone for our young kids for the future. So it's absolutely important to us um, to play on a team with a, a, a great reputation and great history in Penn State, and it'll mean a lot to our players and our fan base. Second comment we have from Mark Stoops is him talking about how important it is to be on a New Year's Day Bowl. Uh, again, uh, very proud of that. Very proud of our team and, and the work that they've done in the coaching staff uh, to be able to you know, represent our great university in a New Year's Day bowl game uh, in Florida and against the, uh, Penn State. Uh, it means a lot. I'm very proud uh, of our team and, and the work that they've done. And, and uh, again, just looking to go out there and, and represent our state the right way uh, once again and just go and play the very best we can and, and have a great week and, and just uh, – uh, do it with class and, and do it the right way and work hard and put ourselves in a position to win the game, but but certainly proud of, the, of that team. All right, that's going to do it. Thanks so much for listening. Be sure to be following at Locked on UK. We are still doing our giveaway. You can still enter. All you got to do is rate five star and then review this podcast. Take a screenshot of your review and then tweet us at Locked on UK. And then be sure to be following along so we can get in touch with you. As I said, we are going to be talking a ton about this bowl game. Huge matchup, huge brand name in Penn State. Uh, this evening on Sunday, as I'm recording the last part of this podcast, we just got a chance to talk to Cash Daniel and Terry Wilson and Mitch Barnhart about the bowl as well. I'll be having some of those videos out on my timeline at Curtis Birch, B-U-R-C-H. You can go check those out there. Cash Daniels, as always, was entertaining. On the next podcast, I'll probably pull his best comments and share that with you guys. Until then, please be locked on by following us on all social media at Locked On UK, Locked On Kentucky on Facebook, and then follow me at Curtis Birch, B-U-R-C-H, and you can find Kyle at Kyle Tucker underscore A-T-H. Thanks so much for listening. Be sure to be sharing this with someone else who would enjoy. We will talk to you soon.
are Locked On Kentucky, available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea. Are you ready? 